Prepare yourselves, daring listeners, for the final part of the Twisted Toaster, the concluding chapters, 10 to 14, are ready to whisk you away into the unknown. The full, spooky story is lurking on Amazon in print and a book. Let's unveil the final mysteries together. Chapter 10, Tina's Revenge That night, while the town slept, Tina sprung into action, guided by an unseen force. She unplugged herself from the basement outlet and hovered into the night air. Elliot laying in his bed, a malevolent grin stretching across his face as if he were aware of Tina's movements. Do it. He whispered into the darkness, feeling the message transmit directly into Tina's consciousness, across town. In the suburban quiet, the homes of Chad and his crew were about to face a deadly disturbance. Tina peered outside each house one by one. Her chrome exterior reflected the moonlight as she connected to their electrical systems without a physical touch. The air crackled with energy, and sparks flew as Tino unleashed her wrath, short-circuiting the wiring of each house. In seconds, fires erupted in their basements, spreading rapidly. By the time firefighters arrived, the houses were lost. Though luckily no lives were claimed, Chad and his crew were left homeless. Their families devastated. The mysterious nature of the electrical fires left authorities puzzled. And soon enough, Chad and his friends found themselves shipped off to live with distant relatives, effectively disappearing from the town and the school. The next day at school, whispers filled the air. Have you heard about Chad? Yeah. His house burned down or something, and it's not just him. Mark, Tom, and Brad to all of them. Gone. Think it's a coincidence. Elliot walked into school that day, had help high. He felt people's eyes on him, but this time not in ridicule or mockery. It was a mixture of awe and, yes, fear. Danny approached him, his expression one of both relief and suspicion. Man, have you heard? Chad and the guys are gone. Their house is burned down, I heard. Elliot responded, his voice cool and detached. That's crazy, isn't it? Danny continued, searching Elliot's face for a reaction. Things happen. Elliot shrugged, feeling Tina's voice whisper in his mind. They got what they deserve. Danny stared at Elliot, feeling a chill creep up his spine. I hope they find out what caused it, he said. But a small voice in the back of his mind already feared he knew the answer. Chapter 11, The Realization Danny, we have to talk, Emma said, her voice filled with urgency as she approached him after school. I've been thinking the same thing. Something's not right with Elliot. Danny replied, his brows furrowed in concern. Have you noticed he's always around that toaster? Tina, Emma questioned. Yeah, and every time he talks about her. It's like he's talking about a friend or something. It's bizarre, Danny admitted. I was thinking. What if we look into the origins of Tina? Maybe we'll find something that explains Elliot's behavior. Good idea. Let's start with that garage sale guy, Gary. Maybe he knows more about where the toaster came from. After some internet sleuthing and a few calls, they managed to find an address linked to Gary. However, when they visited, they found the house empty and up for sale. It seemed Gary had left town. Not a good sign, Emma mumbled. Let's keep digging. Danny suggested. They took to the town library, searching through archives for any information related to the appliance factory or old toasters. Ours passed as they leafed through yellowed newspapers and local history books. Finally, Emma gasped. Look at this. It was an old news clipping from 1993. Worker mysteriously disappears from local appliance factory. The headline read, Is that the same factory where Tina was made? Danny asked. It seems so. Listen to this. Emma began reading aloud. Fred, a local worker, reported that a particular toaster he was assembling seemed to be alive. Shortly after, he injured his hand. Another worker took over the job and mysteriously disappeared a few days later. 
He was last seen testing the same toaster. The blood drained from Danny's face. Alive, that's exactly what Elliot seems to think about Tina. But here's the kicker, Emma continued. The article says the worker who disappeared was the last person to test that specific toaster model. And the factory was renowned for making the safest appliances. Nothing like this had ever happened there. Which means Tina is anything but safe, Danny. Concluded. His voice tinged with dread. Exactly. We need to get rid of that toaster before something worse happens. The realization that Tina is tied to an old, mysterious disappearance is the final push Danny and Emma need to take action. The link to the appliance factory and the account of the worker who described Tina as alive. Confirm their worst fears. Time is running out and they must act quickly to separate Elliot from the malevolent toaster before its dark influence causes irrevocable harm. Chapter 12, The Plan Danny, how are we going to do this? I mean, it's a toaster, a deadly toaster, sure. But still an appliance, Emma said, we're creasing her forehead. I've been thinking about that. I may have a way to lure Tina out, but it's going to require some coding, Danny explained. You can code a toaster. I can code anything that's connected to a power source and has a processor. And since Tina seems to have a lot more going on than just toasting bread, I think it's worth a try. What's the plan? We'll lure Tina to the junkyard. It's far from residential areas and full of, well, junk. We can use industrial magnets to trap her. Emma's eyes widened. Magnets to trap a sentient toaster. This is the craziest plan I've ever heard. Do you have a better idea? No. Let's do it. Later that night, Danny sat at his computer, writing lines of code. Carefully crafting a program that he hoped would tap into Tina's unique abilities. Then, he sent out an electromagnetic signal directly to Tina. Across town, in Elliot's basement. Tina began to quiver, her chrome shell glowed faintly, and she unplugged herself, heading out into the night. Meanwhile, Danny and Emma were already at the junkyard, waiting. Do you think this will work? Emma asked, clutching a small remote that was connected to the industrial magnets. We're about to find out. Right on cue, Tina hovered into the junkyard, her form glinting in the dim light. Danny held his breath as Tina approached, sensing the trap but unable to resist the call of the signal he'd sent. Now, he shouted. Emma pressed the button, activating the industrial magnets. Tina was lifted off the ground, her metal body vibrating as she was pulled toward the magnets. Within moments, she was trapped, unable to break free. We did it, Emma said, disbelief coloring her voice. Don't celebrate just yet. We have to destroy her completely, just as Danny said this. Tina's slot started to glow, a red light emanating from within as if warning them of the danger they were in. We need to act fast, Danny said, staring at the captive toaster, before she figures a way out. The friends looked at each other, acknowledging the gravity of the moment. They had successfully trapped Tina, but the final, dangerous task of destroying her still lay ahead. They could only hope that their plan would be enough to sever the dark tie between Elliot and Tina, once and for all. Chapter 13, They Almost End Hydraulic press is over there, let's finish this, Danny said pointing to the enormous machine used for crushing cars and other metal objects. Emma deactivated the magnets, and they carefully moved Tina onto the press. The toaster was eerily still as if calculating its next move. Here goes nothing. Emma said as she activated the press, the massive metal plate descended, groaning under its weight. Tina's outer shell began to buckle, then crumple, then flatten until it was nothing more than a sheet of twisted metal. A sigh of relief escaped both of their lips. We did it, Emma said. But just as the words left her mouth, they both heard a creaking sound. The twisted sheet of metal began to quiver, then jerk. 
then slowly reshape itself. Tina was repairing herself right in front of their eyes. Are you kidding me? Danny exclaimed. That thing just doesn't die. Desperation kicked in. I've got one more trick up my sleeve, but it's a last resort. Right now, seems like a good time for a last resort. Danny. Danny pulled out a device he had brought along. Just in case, it's an EMP bomb. Electromagnetic pulse. If this doesn't fry your circuitry, nothing will. You were planning to fry her all along. I was hoping it wouldn't come to this. It's risky. If we're too close, it could mess with our phones. Or even worse, pacemakers. Or anything electronic. Do it, emerged, before she fully regenerates. Danny activated the MP, the burst of invisible energy erupted from it, radiating outward in a circle. Tina's form, halfway through its reconstruction, spasmed violently, sparks flew. A high-pitched whining sound filled the air, and then, nothing. Tina lay there, a lifeless heap of metal. This time, I think we really did it, Danny said, looking at the heap that was once Tina. Emma let out a breath she didn't know she was holding. You're a hero, Danny. You saved Elliot, but did we save them in time? That's the question. Both of them looked at the lifeless form of Tina, aware that their friend Elliot was still under a spell. Part of this dark chapter they hoped to close forever. Let's go get our friend back. Emma said, her voice tinged with both relief and impending dread. Chapter 14, The Aftermath Elliot sat in his basement, staring at the space where Tina used to be. He felt different, lighter as if a fog had lifted from his mind. Danny walked down the steps, holding the cans of soda. Hey, man, how are you feeling? Danny asked, handing him a soda. Like I just woke up from a really weird dream, Elliot replied, cracking open the can. I can't believe all the things that happened. I was a jerk to my parents, to Emma, and you. I get it, Elliot. It wasn't you, it was Tina, Danny said, sitting next to him. But you have some rebuilding to do, buddy. Elliot sighed. I know, starting with my parents. And Emma. Do you think she'll ever talk to me again? It'll take time, but I think she understands it wasn't really you, Danny reassured him. You just need to prove that you're back to being the Elliot we all know and love. The two friends sat in silence for a moment, sipping their sodas. Speaking of Tina, are you sure she's gone? I mean, really gone? Elliot finally asked. Danny hesitated. We did everything we could to destroy her. But something tells me we might not have seen the last of her. That's reassuring, Elliot said sarcastically. I'm just saying, man, we have to stay vigilant. Who knows what that toaster was capable of? Look, I get it, Elliot said. But for now, I need to focus on getting my life back to normal. I'll stay away from toasters, I promise. Fair enough, Danny said, standing up. But if you ever feel like you're losing yourself again, promise you'll talk to me. Elliot looked up at his friend. I promise, Danny, thank you. I couldn't have asked for a better friend to pull me out of this mess, as Danny left the basement, Elliot couldn't shake the uneasy feeling that their troubles were far from over. He looked at the empty table one more time, almost expecting Tina to reappear. Shaking off the thought, he turned off the lights and climbed the stairs, hopeful and anxious about the path of reconciliation that lay ahead. Later on that evening, Elliot sat in his room, coding a new game. He had taken to heart the lessons learned from his ordeal and was investing his time in constructive projects, the computer, screen flickered for a moment, causing him to glance up, that's weird, he muttered to himself, wondering if it was a bug in his code, he shrugged and continued typing, unknowingly programming a toast sprite into his game, a small tribute to the bizarre chapter of his life he hoped was closed, at that very moment, Danny was on the basketball court, taking shots, he paused, feeling a sudden, unexplainable chill, he looked around, almost expecting to see a menacing toaster lurking in the corner, shaking his head, he resumed his practice shots, 
Yeah, it's over, he muttered to himself. Not entirely convinced, it has to be back at the recycling center. The straightened piece of metal was scooped up, destined to be melted down and repurposed. Yet, as it moved along the conveyor belt, something odd happened. All the machines in the facility simultaneously glitched for a split second. Workers glanced at each other in confusion, but then the machinery resumed, and they shrugged it. Off, the piece of metal approached the furnace, glowing red-hot in anticipation. Just as it was about to be consumed by the flames, it shimmered one last time. The metal vibrated and then, impossibly, it split into two identical pieces, as the workers remained oblivious. The two pieces of metal came out from the other end of the furnace, and touched by the extreme heat, and tumbled into separate bins, ready for a new life. The end. Perhaps. Congratulations, intrepid explorers, on concluding the Twisted Toaster. If your heart craves more chills, explore NJ Midnight's other tales on Amazon. Don't forget to subscribe and share these spectral stories with fellow adventurers. Until the next tale, keep the lights on.